Hello, Woodworms. I'm Ray Defterius, and this is the Hand Tool Book Review, the podcast for people who love woodwork and love reading about woodworking too. In the last episode, I mentioned the art of saw filing, and I mentioned how it was included in Handsaw Essentials, but also being available separately. This week, I'll talk about it in the context of it being a standalone book. But before we get into this, I've had some really nice feedback via email and wanted to give a few shout-outs and observations. Peter Marshall dropped me a really nice note and a suggestion about a book called Veneering Essentials. What I liked about his particular recommendation is that the book seems well-suited to beginners and getting over that first hurdle, which we know in many cases is more about confidence and less about technique. It's by Stephen de Garabedian, and I think it would be a good candidate for a future show. Let me know if this is something that you'd be interested in hearing about. Ben Rinnicker wrote in and asked about Paul Seller's books, and it's interesting that he asks about the difference between essential woodworking hand tools and some of Paul's other books. I think that the quality is chalk and cheese, and I'll try and do an episode sometime about why I would recommend essential hand tools. I would recommend that unashamedly, but I'm not a big advocate of working wood one and two. Andy White gave some feedback. Hi Ray, I've long enjoyed your podcast and laughed when I saw today's post. I had the same reaction to the current pricing of Handsaw Essentials and recently reached out to Andrew Zollner, Editor-in-Chief Popular Woodworking, to ask about what appears to be a revised edition. Andrew replied to say, The new book is comprised mostly of material from Popular Woodworking magazine with articles written by Chris and other former PW staffers, and different than the original handsaw essentials, although there will be some overlap. We're working with a couple of smaller book publishers to continue to collaborate on woodworking books, Cedar Lane Press being one of them. Unfortunately, the original handsaw essentials is owned by Penguin Random House. I don't believe they have any plans to update or reprint it at the moment. We've explored purchasing those rights, back since going through bankruptcy and being acquired by Active Interest Media, but the conversation hasn't gone anywhere yet. I was lucky enough to grab an original copy for $50 from Josh at Hyper Kitten last year, but I hope this new edition is of similar quality and released soon. Thought you and the listeners might be interested. Thanks for the great content. Best Andy. So on to today's book. The Art of Saw Filing by H.W. Holly is 52 pages long. I guess in a way it's a booklet, more than a book. And it was highlighted by Megan from Lost Art Press that this is freely available as an e-book. And I think with the publication date in the 19th century, copyright has expired in most places. You might want to check your rules on that specific uh, issue in your country, but as I understand in the USA, these exclusive rights are limited to a time limit. They generally expire 70 years after the author's death or 95 years after publication. In the US, basically works published before the 1st of January 1926 are considered public domain books. After 1926, there's a range of statutes and changes that apply, so it would be worth checking the specifics of the book in question. But anything before 1926 is fair game, and that covers really quite a lot of books in the golden era of hand-tool woodworking. So assuming you can get a copy, and you aren't breaching any laws in your country with a free book, it's a little gem in its own way. Because it's out of copyright, 
I can read an extract of the first couple of pages here, so you'll get a sense of the style. And I'll talk about the specific sections of the book. I think the book's pretty comprehensive. There are probably a few sections you can skim over. For example, I didn't have a big need to understand buck saws and long log saws, but they are in there if you want them. The contents is pretty detailed, and there isn't an index, so I'll just go through this quickly so that you can see what is covered. Origin and utility of the saw, the first sawmills, principles of the construction of the saw, principle of crosscut teeth, different bevels of teeth, crosscut saw for softwood, for medium wood, and for hardwood, pitch of the teeth, crosscutting timber saws, buck saws for softwood, buck saws for hardwood, the flame tooth saw, bullet or buck saws, bullet or buck saws for hardwood, the two common saw, long crosscut or log saw, patent hook tooth saw, crosscut circular saws for soft and for hardwood, pruning saws, scroll web and compass saws, butcher saws, surgeon saws, saws for sawing iron and brass etc, principles of the rip saw, hand rip saws, vertical mill saws, circular rip saws, difference teeth for circular saws, explanation of the division of a circle into degrees, saw setting, the Aiken set, the crotch punch set, principles of the Aiken set, the old way of setting saws, and selection of saws and other tools. Now into the book. I'll be reading an extract from pages 7 to 12. Origin and Utility of the Saw The saw is an instrument of somewhat ancient origin. We cannot ascertain precisely when the first saw was made, but it probably followed the more common and primitive tools. The hatchet, the knife and the chisel. The first saw was, no doubt, a very imperfect instrument in comparison to those of the present day. Still, it seems incredible that such elaborate works of art as we read of among the ancients should have been constructed without the use of a saw. The Greeks ascribed the invention of the saw to Daedalus, or his pupil Talus, but is certainly more ancient, for it is represented on the obelisks of Egypt. It is a tradition that the prophet Isaiah suffered martyrdom by the saw. There is an ancient book called The Ascension of the Prophet Isaiah, and it says, then they seized and saw Isaiah, the son of Amos, with a wooden saw. And Manasseh and Melakira, the false prophets, the princes of the people, stood looking on. But Isaiah said to the prophets who were with him, Go ye to the cities of Tyre and Sidon, for the Lord hath mixed his cup for me alone. Neither did he cry out or weep, but continued to call on the Holy Ghost, until he was sawn asunder. It may be in reference to this circumstance that St. Paul says of the early martyrs, they were sawn asunder. The Ark, the Temple of Solomon, and the ruins of buried cities later exhumed would seem to have been impossible without the use of the saw, although we know how much may be accomplished with very rude tools, when time and patience are not spared. We do not find the saw used by savage nations, as without the tools and skill to keep it in order, it soon becomes useless. The knife and the hatchet, more barbarous weapons, can be sharpened on a smooth stone. 
but sharpening a saw is a very different affair. The first sawmill, or saw driven by power, which we have any account of, was erected in the island of Madeira in 1420. The next in Breslau in 1432. This was followed by many others all over Europe. The saw is now an indispensable instrument and is in more general use by all classes of mechanics than any other tool. It is difficult to imagine how we could dispense with it for a single day, from the burglar who cuts off the bars of his cell with his watchspring saw, to the builders of navies and cities, and the busy mills which quickly fashion the huge monarchs of the forest into shapes for the dwellings and conveniences of mankind. The Principle of Construction the saw is a series of knives set on a line. Every tooth is a knife and cuts a small portion of the material. Each is kept from cutting too deep by the tooth on either side. Each tooth should cut its allotted chip or slice of the material, carry it along and drop it on the outside. The perfection of a saw is to cut the fastest and smoothest, with the least expenditure of power. To do this, it is evident that each and every tooth should be so constructed as to do its own proportion of work. For if one tooth only is out of shape or out of line with the others, it is not only useless, but a hindrance and disadvantage to the others. Everyone who has had occasion to use a saw knows that many times it would be very convenient if he knew how to put his own saw in order. To be sure, to excel in this, as in everything else, requires practice, a correct eye and steady hand. But we contend that any person of ordinary capacity can easily learn to file and set his own saw. There never has been any theory or principle laid down by any good authority for this particular science. Each person has had a theory of his own and followed that, or more likely, has had no theory at all and did it at random, sometimes one way and sometimes another, never twice alike but generally very unsatisfactorily to himself and all concerned. Now there is always a right and a wrong way to do anything. And if we can establish a theory in this little book and demonstrate its correctness from scientific principles and a trial shall corroborate the demonstrations, then the object of the author will have been accomplished. We find many very good mechanics that have always used saws who frankly acknowledge that they could never file a saw satisfactorily to themselves. The reason probably is that they never studied the principle of the action or working of the instrument. There is no reason why any man who knows enough to use a saw should not be able to put it into complete order, although it is more of a science than many imagine. The putting in order of all kinds of saws, from the delicate surgeon's saw with which he takes off your limb, to the monster six-footer with teeth like a dragon that screams in the depth of the forest, devouring trees and logs with insatiate rapacity. When we consider that there are nearly 100 different kinds of saws of all sizes and shapes, it will not appear strange that we claim for saw filing a place amongst the sciences. It is astonishing what miserable saws are sometimes used by mechanics, or those claiming to be such. The only way they can be coaxed or driven through the wood is by having an enormous set, a liberal use of oil, and another lubricator called elbow grease. The difference between the work of these saws and one in proper order is about the same as that between a hole bored by a sharp auger and one gnawed by rats. It brings to mind the remark of the wood sawyer, who puffing and blowing from the exertion of using a bad saw said, 
Of all the sores I ever saw sore, I never saw a sore sore as this sore sores. Try saying that again fast. Hopefully this gives you some idea of the language and the content. That was actually five pages of the book. So I'm sure you'll understand that it's an easy, pleasant read. Really no crazy language and very easy to follow. The reason that I'm stopping at this point in the book is because from here the book starts going into diagrams and the text is closely linked to the pictures. Me reading out, see diagram one, and trying to explain to you what diagram one looks like is really not a good idea in a podcast format. By the end of the book you will have covered 44 different diagrams and I think they're really well done. They're not as evocative as for example Sloan's drawings but they're clearly drawn out and importantly they are large and clear. They generally explode out the important parts of the picture to be really clear about what's going on. It's a tricky little subject to illustrate clearly and I think Holly did a very good job because the perspective drawings that will show you how to angle a crosscut saw for example is supplemented by a straight on drawing of the teeth both from the front and from the side. It's clear what you need to do and what the teeth need to look like when you're finished. I found the book to be really patient in terms of breaking out the process. The desired attributes of a file, the way the pictures are supplemented by directional instruction in the text, and we're told for example that a figure should be seen as filing towards the left of the picture. All helpful, all very good for demystifying the process. I guess one of the elements of the book that I can find fault with is that Holly has some pretty specific views on the way to file every saw for every purpose. There are no options here. This is a prescriptive manual for each type of saw. On the other hand, this is probably good in the main for the beginner, but I'd suggest that you could supplement some of this knowledge by doing a quick visit to the Bad Axe website and reading some of their free resources, dealing with pitch, rake and fleam. This is terminology that you'll understand by the time you've finished Holly's book. I think one area where there's been some developments is that since the book was published, there have been some pretty big changes in source sets. So I think you can ignore the last few pages and go get a decent antique or modern set of ply style saw sets purchased for setting your saws. If I give you some advice here, you can get a decent saw set and saw file angle guide from Lee Valley for very reasonable prices and I think they're worthwhile investments and they're not expensive. While you're at the Lee Valley website, don't fall into the trap that I did and buy a whole range of specific saw files. My experience is that you'll use the needle files a lot. They cover most of the back saws. And then with your hand saws, you probably find that even with the wide range of pictures you've got, you don't even need two or three files. Basically, don't make the mistake I did and buy a set, or you'll end up a few years down the line buying replacements in a few sizes while the bulk of the set remains unused. Personally, I found saw filing to be fun and surprisingly easy. It's also really satisfying to have a freshly sharpened saw that you touched up yourself. I could debate in terms of my personal experience whether the finer pitch saws are worth doing yourself, but I believe that anything from 5 TPR to 12 TPR is well within the range of the beginner woodworker and will be very satisfying to sharpen. Of course, if you're new to this, I'd suggest sharpening the coarser saws first and you'll rapidly get a feel for things. Again, rip is probably easier than crosscut, so if you've got a 5 or 6 TPR rip saw, that's a good place to start. I think in conclusion, 
The Art of Saw Filing is 52 pages long. It's well written. I think H.W. Holly's done a good job in terms of what he's put out there. And essentially the book is free if you look at any of the usual repositories that keep electronic copies of books where copyright has expired. It's a bit tricky, I guess, to give it a definitive ranking. You know, free as a price always makes this tricky. I'll go with the idea that if you were paying around $5 or $10 for a physical cost reprint, I think I'd give the book a 6 out of 10 in the category tools. It's a good little book. One that I don't believe is a waste of your time if you're interested in the topic. I don't think it's a great book, or the best book ever on saws, so there's no need to anticipate a top rating here or really get worked up about getting it. But until there's a good saw book from Lost Art Press or another reputable publisher, I think this is a good enough taste of the topic. After all, Chris decided to include this in its entirety in Handsaw Essentials, which has to speak to the quality of the work. That's a pretty decent testament to a book published in 1869. So that's it for now, Woodworms. And remember, go sharpen a saw and keep reading. As always, a big thank you to my Patreons. In particular this week, I'd like to thank Kevin McMahon, who became a Patreon. Thanks, Kevin. Your contributions will support the purchase of books for the library and future episodes. If you have any comments or suggestions, perhaps a favorite book you'd like to suggest, or one you're considering buying that you'd like to be featured on a future episode, drop me an email at handtoolbookreview at gmail.com. 